Welcome back to the choir room. It's the end. It's the end of yet another season. Cannot believe it. It was just like yesterday that we were talking on the phone about doing this podcast. And now we are five seasons deep with one more to go. I am not alone. I am joined by Matt. How are you today? I'm good. Yep. Uh, not not done just yet. Still got some episodes to go before we get into some of the fun stuff uh, that we have planned for you guys, which uh, should we just call it season seven at this point? Like uh, all of that extra stuff. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But yeah, we got to uh, wrap up season five here. It is the end of the New York era. Uh, it's, it's crazy how quick it comes and goes, how excited you were for us to get here. And now all of a sudden we're done. Yeah, uh, it ends so abruptly. I remember feeling like it was an abrupt ending um, when watching it for the first time. I mean, not only because it's a shorter season, you're chopped off two episodes, but also just that it's everyone sort of goes their own separate ways. Uh, So, yeah, the NYC era is one of my favorite eras of Glee. um, And I think the ephemerality of it is probably what attracts me to it the most is that it's like a bit of a snapshot in time as opposed to an all-encompassing season-long story um so i'm i'm excited i've had a good time there are still lots of questionable things that happen and we'll get into them in the episode but i'm i'm sad to to be leaving the nyc era because this is the last time that we'll really be in new york in this capacity i think the rest of the series pretty much plays out in lima and that's that's where we end yeah, I think they uh, they must have at this point, you know, kind of forecasted that they were going to leave New York behind as they move forward into season six. Uh, we see at the end of this episode how they seem to all the kids seem to come to the consensus between them that, yeah, this is over. Uh, I think Blaine specifically is like, yeah, it's another end of an era for the Glee kids. Uh, so, yeah, they, they're going to be shifting back to Ohio to do some stuff there and, you know. Uh, not everybody's going to be there. Not everybody's going to be there in every episode. Not everybody's going to, um, you know, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. But for now, this is in its own era that we have to wrap up. We talked so much about at the end of season three, the era that we were closing out and then starting up new with new kids in Ohio, uh, everybody off on new adventures in New York and LA and uh, wherever Quinn's still going to school. If she's there, if she's not moved in with some new guy, no, she's with Puck. Sorry. Uh, forgot about that. Uh, so yeah, a lot of different directions that we have uh, with that. Well, she didn't move in with him. Uh, a lot of different directions we have with everybody at the moment. And I will be very curious as we go on recapping everything here and maybe you know a little bit more when we get to the end um, to, to see exactly how we feel about each of these individual characters uh, like, you know there's like five or six of them and how their New York storylines played out from whether it was like start of season four to finish or start of season five to finish because it went so quick and it got so messy along the way so I, uh, I definitely want to get into that yeah I agree it's um all, it it was very very quick and I feel like that sort of contributed to a lot of the messiness that we see. So it is interesting to sort of compare uh, pl- 
plot points with all of these characters in this particular point in time because um, it, you know, it's sort of like the branching point into season six. So we'll see what happens. But mm-hmm. let's get on right on into it. Uh, it's Monday Night Dinner. Once again, Mercedes is about to offer something that looks delicious, something deep fried and savory. But Sam says uh, he has to watch what he eats. Uh, he has an upcoming modeling casting call. Um, and he just needs to make sure that he's in tip-top shape. Mercedes says that he needs to make sure that all of those skinny models that he's going to be working with knows that he belongs to her um, and that she fights dirty if anybody wants to come between the two of them. Rachel sees both of them canoodling and says, you know what, that's that's it. This is exactly what a show about me needs to be about. It needs to be about friends, you know, struggling to make it in this world, but always having one another. Um, she explains that Mary Halloran, a distinguished TV writer, is coming to draft a pilot uh, for her prospective TV show and will be crashing Monday Night Dinner, which Kurt isn't a big fan of. But she, you know, the, the, the writer really wants to be immersed in the world of Rachel and the life of Rachel. And that's how she's going to start writing. So they get a knock at the door. They think it's Mary. But no, it is Brittany S. Pierce. Back, back, back again. Yes, it's Brittany, bitch. Um, she's looking to stay in the city with Santana. But Santana's not there. Mercedes says, oh, she's in uh, Iowa filming a yeast stat commercial because that's where there's a bunch of like perfect corn fields to run through slow motion in. So um, <laughs> she's not there. Brittany didn't know that, however, because she gave up her phone after she broke up with Kiki or some shit like that. I get the, which is the Siri version, uh, the, the version of Siri in her phone. So she didn't know, but she's here. She's here. And then shortly after Brittany's arrival, we are going to get Mary Halloran. Um, who's this weird quirky character man she comes in she's like hello hello i am mary halloran rachel goes to introduce um herself and introduce her friends but she's like you know what no 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 no. don't even bother with the names i have this thing about names but jonathan says that it's something to do with narcissism but i feel like it has something to do with my anxiety disorder blaine asks her who jonathan is she says oh it's my uh it's my it's my thursday night shrink oh is that chinese food oh i can't have that it gives you gives me a, a, a really bad case of the lady dies so she asks to use the bathroom she tells randy Rachel, that she's very excited to be working with her, and yeah, we'll get this get this thing on the road. Yeah, this woman is uh, quite the character, uh, pretty quirky indeed. She is uh, like a very, uh, very exaggerated version of the character that they were trying to like. They, I feel like they planned out this person that they were going to have, and then they said, "Wait, no, let's take her to like." beyond the scale of what we were planning for her. So she is just off the charts, all over the place uh, kind of person. And uh, she's, yeah, so she's here to work with Rachel. Brittany, of course, happy to see her. Uh, Obviously a little weird here because Santana was supposed to be in this episode. She had filmed songs and scenes, I believe, uh, as a part of this episode. But we saw how things played out and the story that we told you guys in the last episode, why Naya Rivera was not on set for this episode. So uh, they had to cut all of that and just have Britney be in New York for what reason? Who knows? Uh, Because Heather Morris was available to film and it was the season finale. And why not just get her involved on the action? Uh, We'll see throughout the episode how much like... If at all, she plays into what's going on here. But either way, uh, of course, always super excited to have Brittany here in the mix. I could not, um, you know, that's uh, saving saving uh, this last episode for me. Uh, Not that I didn't like it a whole lot or anything like that. I think I might have liked this episode more than the other two. We'll we'll figure that out. But I don't know. Just uh, anytime you can throw in some of these extra characters, it helps because I'm starting to get a little sick of seeing the same faces every week. So Brittany's here. Mary Halloran's here. Let's do it. 
Yeah, I mean, like we said in the last episode, Santana was supposed to appear in this episode, but, you know, she got, uh, Naya had some words with one of the producers, so they axed her. Um, but it, it would have lined up with the story anyway, because Santana told Britney that she would wanted, she wanted her to come to New York with her, and Britney agreed. So this was supposed to be the beginning of their time in New York together, except Santana's not there. But, all right, fine. Um, <laughs> Mary Halloween is going to interview Rachel after dinner um, and asks her about herself. And Rachel goes about, she starts off with about how she has two gay dads. This excites Mary. She's like, oh, amazing. We can use that. Do they work for NASA? Rachel's like, no. But that didn't stop Mary Halloran from writing that down. Like, okay, gay NASA dads. All right. <laughs> so you're a singer? She's like, yeah, I got my start in my high school uh, the glee club. She's like, ah, nope, can't use that. The acapella thing is so over. Which I think is a very apt observation. I think the acapella thing was starting to lose its novelty after the advent of Pitch Perfect. So good for uh, Mary. She knows her, she knows her stuff. So she's like, we can't use that. But you're on Broadway, right? Which is like, yeah, I um, I I do. I am on Broadway. I do do eight shows a week, so it's a little it's a little tiring. She's like, okay, so you're lazy. So she's managed to turn all of this into a, a, I mean, I think a rather compelling character. I mean, a, a Broadway star who's lazy that has two gay dads that work for NASA. I mean, I want to watch that. That sounds kind of crazy. Um, but she's like, she's she's a very wacky character. She is clearly just takes anything that comes to her mind. She's very impulsive. Rachel asks her, "How did she get her start?" And she's like, "Oh, well, you know, I submitted this uh, very, very." Uh, uh, avant-garde version of the uh, Diary of Anne Frank, where Anne Frank was uh, played by a vacuum cleaner, and yeah, it won a couple of awards and stuff. Anyway, I'm so bored. Can I go snoop through your bathroom? Uh, I'm not gonna use it. I just want to snoop through your uh, your your bathroom cabinets. And before you say anything, just remember that it's opposite day. Rachel says yes. Barry says thank you and goes to look. So this is gonna be quite a time, quite a time. <laughs> Certainly is. Uh, so let's bring uh, back some context here about, you know, what Rachel's been up to these days. Got her dream role on Broadway. She is playing this role. She went out for a part in a TV show. Did not work. The guy called her back and said, hey, we're not going to work, but we're going to have you uh, a TV show written for you. Let's see how that works. And she was like, yeah, I'm down. So Rachel, while still starring on Broadway, she remember she did call back uh, the she got, you know, went to that meeting with uh, Sydney and all that stuff happened she's back at broad back you know in broadway and now uh this is all happening here where this mary halloran comes in and is just completely taking everything rachel gives her and turning it into something completely different that uh you said sounds fun Brittany seems to enjoy it as well throughout this episode but not very rachel uh as as we will see it all play out so um, quite an interesting trajectory for Rachel Berry to be going from, you know, I don't have to say this a million times, but like to, to not only be making the jump from Broadway, which is her dream to television, but to be settling for, uh, what is happening before her right now with this person and the notes she's taking and the story she seems to be writing. And Rachel's just sitting there smiling through it. Like she doesn't seem to be questioning it much. She, you know, this person was sent from uh, Mr. Paul Blatt, who is like, you know, a Fox executive. So he obviously sent somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, and she's not questioning it much. She's just like, okay, uh, I guess I have gay NASA dads now. That makes sense. Sure. Um, and that's what we're going to run with. So I, I, it's crazy. I mean, Rachel can't expect for the script to be an exact replica of her life. Like, it's supposed to be loosely based on you. It's not supposed to be 
the exact same thing or else it would literally just be glee all over again um and that sure. would just be too meta for the audience <laughs> and for her sure if you if you gave me some kind of stakes of like like take what i said but kind of you know make it more compelling add stakes to it whatever you know you may do but you know obviously this is uh made to look as silly and ridiculous as possible with this Ma- uh, mary character uh turning it to uh nasa dads she like doesn't really seem to perk up at at any point in this and be like okay what are you talking about she's like okay i mean like i said i would want to watch that <laughs> It sounds compelling to me, like a lazy Broadway star. I mean, people don't watch TV to watch normal shit, okay? We watch TV to see something that we wouldn't see in real life. And I haven't seen that shit, so I'm excited. She can write for me any day. <laughs> Elsewhere, um, somewhere at some mall in the city, Mercedes is beginning her tour. Uh, she even got the label to sign off on Britney being her star backup dancer. Artie is filming the interview, asking her how she feels about everything, what she's going to be up to over the next couple of months. She explains that it's the beginning of the of the mall tour. Her and Britney are going to meet up with Santana in Reno, so they're going to be like the Charlie's Angels. Um, and Mercedes says that I'm going to be Farah, like no questions asked. And Britney's like, I'm going to be the one that shoots lasers out of her eyes, and we're going to go straight into this performance of Mercedes Jones's debut single smh shaking my head shaking my head sam is there rachel's there kurt's there i I think blaine's there too and mary halloran is there she's really all in on getting to know all of rachel's friends and what they do for a living did you have uh any takeaways from the lyrics of this song uh i the one that stuck out to me the, the most was the lyric about jesus being a white guy but he's from palestine that it just ain't right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like I feel like we both need to pull up the lyrics to this song and kind of go through them. Uh, they are just th- like this song is obviously a Glee original. Uh, Shaking my head was kind of uh, no. Well, no, she started with Hell to the No back in the day. Um, but Shaking my head, of course, written for Mercedes and it has a lot to do with uh, about her and uh, things that matter to her. Um, why does it, why does gravy give you heart attacks? These questions got me shaking my head. Sh- 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 shaking my head. Now, why are y'all driving hover cars? Shh, 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 shaking my head. Why can't we put a man on Mars? Shh, 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 shaking my head. I mean, these are all really, really good questions. I honestly feel mm-hmm. like if this were a song that was produced in real life, I have no doubt that this might be a hit. There's because... a whole line about why do Republicans hate the blacks? Hate the blacks, hate the blacks. Mm-hmm. This is America. This is like hmm. what it's always been like, <laughs> to be honest. Honestly, I feel like this was... um. I, I, this should have been somebody single. I don't know. Somebody should have, some label should have pushed this on somebody because I, like, out of all the whack, I mean, just think about all the wacky songs that go number one. Like, I, this mm-hmm. would definitely be within a vein, within a similar vein because it's, I mean, it's culturally relevant. It's sort of like timely and timeless. Uh, it's kind of comedic and it's got a nice little rhythm, a little beat to it. I fucks with mm-hmm. it. When I fly to heaven, God will set me straight. Like, how come I drink Diet Coke and I keep gaining weight? Jesus, my Lord and Savior, you know it's true. Yeah, you know it's true. But God, you got some explaining to do. Whoa, shh, 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 shaking my head. Shh, 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 shaking my head. Why are Yay. dogs always licking their nads? And why do we keep borrowing from China? And why do some flowers look like vaginas? 
shaking my head. Uh, Britney kills it on this song. She uh, she's breaking it down with the backup dancers and uh, glad that they were able to sign her on to this. I only wonder, though, like, is this I guess this is a different song from what Santana would have been singing with her, because I can't tell you how ugh, I'm, this is the part where I'm just like so sad and annoyed that. Santana wasn't in this episode because to see this performance with Britney back and Santana on that stage with the two of them as well, like to get a mini Trouble Tones reunion would have been like enough to make this episode so much better for me. So much better to have the three of them back on stage and have that going uh, because I don't think even in season, uh, that's not true. I was going to say, we I'm not sure if we get any Trouble Tones, but we might get a little taste of it. Um, I just... I, I wish it was here, but whatever. Uh, Mercedes is going to kick off her Blame mall the yeah. Well, you think I know how to do my job? Uh, yeah, poorly. Tell him, Naya. <laughs> I, like, wish that we, like, got footage of that. That would have been so, like, uh I mean, you're le- letting this girl run off in her trailer because she doesn't want to work on set with a dog? Like, the dog's not eating you. Relax. I say that as a person who doesn't like dogs. <laughs> uh, I love it. But, yeah, the crowd <laughs> goes wild. Um, everybody loves the song. If this is the beginning of the of her uh, of her tour, then... It's looking like it's going to pan out very well. So, good for Mercedes. Um, June and Blaine are going to meet up. June Dalloway and Blaine are going to meet up at the dance studio. Um, and they're discussing the upcoming event and the seating chart for everything. Uh, June is trying to sit someone or seat someone next to another someone when one of the someones is dead and doesn't even know that that someone is dead. Like, which makes me feel like June is a very, very shallow character. Like, you don't even know that, like, one of your usual benefactors is has passed away like is all you see is like numbers and money and she ugh, that was kind of off-putting for me but okay girl um <laughs> blaine is going to ask her one more time can we please put kurt in the showcase i've been lying to him this whole time i told him that he's going to be in in the show and he's really really talented he's really really great june refuses once again she's saying that she doesn't want to jeopardize her reputation she's a tastemaker she knows what the people want and if you try and cross her by adding somebody into this showcase that shouldn't be there, it's kind of similar to what Sydney was telling Rachel last time. You will never work again. Your reputation will not exist. So just let me do what I need to do, Blaine. Let me make this the best showcase as possible for you. And I don't want. I'm not. I'm not about to feel bad because your your boyfriend just can't take bad news. And it wasn't. It's my. It's it's your fucking fault for lying anyway, Blaine. Like it's not her fault you lied to him. Like that's not. You can't put that on her. So she leaves. Blaine is going to start rehearsing. All of Me by John Legend, which not his strongest performance for me. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I've yeah. better. And like, this is like, I mean, I hate to like sound like I'm like shading Darren Chris. I think that Darren Chris is really, really talented. But I think that like he does have the tendency to fuck up his voice. And I feel like his voice was just a little raw on this performance. Just a little bit. It, not, not everything has to be perfect all the time. I was just like, I noticed like the the consequences of improper technique more so in this performance than I think in any of his performances. And I was really sad about that because this could have been a great, like an all-time great Darren Chris performance. Uh, this song, I think, would have fit him so perfectly. This is such a such a Blaine song. Like in the in the you know, it just makes so much sense for him to do it. But I, I sadly agree with you that I thought it was uh, a little underwhelming for me. I was I have it all over my notes. Uh, good performance, but for some reason I wanted more. It could have been a little slower, handled with a little bit more care. Feels like we're rushing through things at this point. Um, it just you know, like they like they knew he was going to do this 
this song. And I feel like, I mean, that's that's a, a sentiment that I feel like this entire part of the show and then even going into season six, just rushing to get through it and kind of get it all wrapped up and all done with at this point. Like Ryan Murphy, everybody behind the scenes, they're all kind of ready to move on to the next project and, and get Glee, you know, in the books. But uh, yeah, so like specifically when it comes down to performances like this, it's like if this was done back in season three, this is an all time great Blaine cover. Like they would have given him the time and space to uh, make sure that it was perfect before just kind of putting it together and, and sending it off to, you know, be on TV. I think uh, the piano, like Blaine's always going to be at the piano. So that's no surprise. But I felt like the piano was a little bit too much in there for me. Like I would have wanted a little bit more of just his voice. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just it didn't feel as great as it could have been, which made me sad. Yeah. I mean, well, the, the song is done with piano traditionally, though. Like, I know, just... but it's. I, I just think that this could have been a, a really good, like, just acapella only Blaine, because that's, I feel like, where he kind of shines. Um, and I mean, I'm thinking back to, like, when he did Against All Odds, like, there was a piano in that, but I, I just felt like the piano was battling him in this one, and I wanted to have a little bit more of him. So I wanted all of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not interesting. Uh, it's interesting, because I. I just, I just feel like it's just his voice. I just feel like it's just not, it just wasn't up to par, which may, maybe contributes to that, the piano being the better part of the performance for me, <laughs> musically speaking. Um, right. But I know, I see I, I see what you're saying. Um, well, Kurt's going to come in and ask if that song is going to be part of the showcase. It sounds great. Blaine just comes out with it and says he will not be a part of the showcase. Kurt's over it. He's mad. Um, so you've been lying to me this whole time. He's like, no, not at first. I, I, I was going to try and convince her to put you in, um, and then it wouldn't be a lie anymore. Um, I'm really, really sorry. She's like, how can I believe anything that you say when everything that you, like, you keep lying to me. He's like, I, Kurt, I just, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. He's like, no, you lied again. And he just, you know, he apologizes once again. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'm, I bet you are. Too bad I can't believe anything you say. So he walks out. And once again, Blaine, like, there was... We got into your ass when you did it the last time, but like, there's no point. There is no point in doing this because, I mean, even I, having seen June for the like for like the the, the five minutes that we see her character, there was no changing her mind. There was no changing her mind. So the fact that you thought that you were going to be the one to come in here and get June Dalloway to break her habits that she's been, you know holding on to for however long into convincing her to bring along someone to part of her showcase like that was Mm -hmm. stupid and kurt should be pissed because like you can't like this is your fiance and he's lying to you after telling you that he would never lie to you again yeah yeah he has every right to be annoyed and uh you you said it you know best i think in the last episode of like why are you why are you lying to him there's absolutely nothing to gain here uh in any way shape or form of uh you're you're not going to get anything out of this and he tells him yeah like i was i was doing this because I was going to try to convince her and I I really thought that I was going to be able to but it didn't work and Kurt like understandably like extremely pissed off here like you see the way he like storms out of the room knocking things over like he has just had enough like there to this point how much more is he going to take from Blaine just like doing him wrong and being this and being that and like these two are literally engaged to be married and all we have done since they got to New York together is talk about the different fights that they've had uh there's been like maybe one and a half episodes total of them in you know good getting along content and it was the last one where the only reason that they were getting along was because Blaine was uh, not really in it and Kurt was off doing whatever he was doing with Maggie Banks. So it was, you know, it's just getting tiring as as it continues to be. Yeah, absolutely tiring. 
Um, so poor Kurt, poor Kurt, blame your asshole once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, elsewhere in the city, Sam is at the casting call, um, and he's snapping a rubber band on his wrist to stop himself from popping a boner. This is what he says to one of the guys that's also at the at the casting call, asking him, what, what the hell are you doing? But yeah, he hasn't been intimate with a girl in a very long time. I mean, that's why they invented masturbation, but okay. Um, so that's he's just... Right? Like, what is he... What is he... Like, is that against his and Mercedes's rules? Like, is that not allowed? I, I can't imagine why it wouldn't be allowed. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Maybe because he sleeps in the same bed with her, so he doesn't get a lot of time to himself. I don't know. I don't She's know. She's always in the studio. You, True. Do, I, I don't, I don't want to hear excuses. So, yeah. The casting director, Charlie, explains that this has to be really fast and dirty. Treasure Trails, the, uh, the company that they are looking uh, – the company that they're looking to fill the modeling role for is in a bit of hot water because they used to have uh, a leading man for their for their products or whatever, but then he got arrested because he was running some underground dog fighting competition in Miami. So now they have to find the new face of Treasure Trails. Um, she explains to them like, "Look, you need to give me sex. You need to ooze sex. If you cannot get into my jeans from just a walk, then you don't have it, and you can get the fuck out." Uh, she also brings some girls on set to set the mood. This begins the performance of Girls on Film with Sam. Uh, Charlie and the rest of the girls at the at the casting call. And like, the Chocolate Factory. Yes, yes. Charlie and the White Chocolate Factory. Um, are, oh, that's the episode title. Let me go put that in the uh, document. <laughs> <laughs> I think I already named the episode, but I am totally fine with that, with the renaming. I'm with it. Towards the end of the, like, so all, there's all these girls around, like, Sam is obviously getting aroused, uh, Charlie kind of joins in with the fun as well, and then it all ends with her ending up on top of him on the literal casting couch. Uh, she, she says that she liked what, she, what he brought to the table, um, and that he just oozes sex, like she's getting a sex buzz from him. Sam explains that he hasn't gotten, gotten any since he's waiting for marriage with his girlfriend, Mercedes, um, and Charlie asks him, you know what, come back later tonight for the shoot, so... Sam got the job. Oh, and quick note to this. One of Beyonce, Beyonce's lead backup dancer, Beyonce's lead dance captain, is in this number, which mm-hmm. I just love. <laughs> Interesting. A lot, of, a lot of Beyonce dancers here on this show, huh? Mm-hmm. Lots of them. Yeah. Um, I do love Charlie as a woman's name. Gotta say. I, uh, I'm, I'm into that. I like it. So that's that. Um, and also the rubber bands uh, just brought me back to like middle school. Like, did you have this silly in bands. your school? Nah, silly bands, yes, as well. But like a lot of people just had rubber bands on their wrist. And I think it was like a, a people like a lot of people used it as like a coping thing. Like, I don't know. It was like, I don't want to get too dark, but I know a, like a lot of people because back in middle school when people were like sad and didn't know what to do and like they would, you know, go to you know, I'm going with this, like, you know, on their arms and their wrists and they would do things to self harm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people th- that they had rubber bands on their wrist. If they ever felt like doing something bad, they would just snap it against themselves. And that's like the extent of my knowledge of, uh, people having rubber bands on their wrists. So when I saw it on Sam's, I was like, Whoa, what's happening here? Uh, but it was for a very different reason to distract his body of, uh, you know, for, for not having things move, down below um so that's that uh glad i went there but yeah um girls hmm. on film was a, uh, a a fun performance with sam i think we were teased with some girls on film back with like um maybe a while ago they I, I feel like this isn't the first time that we hear a reference to the song or maybe the song played in the background or something like that i know that it come up at one time before yeah it did come up at one time right 
I'm sure if you search like maybe the Wii it was just playing wiki, it'll it'll come up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. Uh, they obviously gave us one last showing of the Cordover Street Magic Mike show before the season was up, and I don't think many people were complaining. Uh, most certainly not. Most certainly not. Um, but yeah, good for good for you, Sam. You got the job. It's been abulous. Good for you. Um, <laughs> yes. After the shoot, however, Sam, Brittany, and Rachel are going to have a Sam intervention with Mercedes, while Artie and Blaine are going to encourage Sam to break things off with Mercedes. Girls, girls and boys on film is the episode of season four. That's what I'm thinking of. No, but I think the song was like in the episode, in an episode, like not being sung, but like, I don't know. I have a vague memory of this being a backup song. Some in one of these episodes, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm swapping memories. I don't know. (sighs) I I think I feel like that. That's right. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) If not, we'll find out. So all of their friends basically are telling the two of them, like, look, you guys are about to be apart for quite some time. We've noticed how Sam is really having a hard time already with this waiting for marriage thing. Are you sure you really want to put him through this? Um, Mercedes is saying, like, look, I trust him. I've got my Jesus while I'm on tour. I can resist temptation. I believe him when he says that he wants to resist temptation, too. So I think you guys just need to, to let us handle this. Rachel is saying, like, look, I think I know more than anyone that sometimes maybe the best thing to bring you together is being apart for a while. It doesn't mean that you guys won't end up together in the long run. But you don't have to hold on to this so tightly while the both of you are still very young and figuring out yourselves and your own careers. And uh, Artie and Blaine are trying to make the same points to Sam. But both of them are just, they're like, no, our love can conquer all. We're going to be good. We can make this work. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm always happy for Sam Sadie's content. I, I feel like we're getting, you know, we're, we're really just kind of squeezing every last drop of what we can get out of it here in this season since we're wrapping things up and kind of seems unsure of, you know, what the future is going to be for pretty much anybody. I mean, unless your names are Kurt and Blaine or Brittany and Santana, it's pretty safe to assume that your relationship is not guaranteed going forward. Uh, so it, you know, it's not surprising to see them really at a point of like, can we, can't we? And I guess especially if we're going to run with the storyline of like Mercedes is off to go on another world tour and Sam is doing his modeling thing. Like they're not really able to continue going in the same direction forever. Sure. Why not? Uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's, I guess, worth spending some time on. Uh, Rachel and Kurt have some points, which is very unusual for them. I was surprised that all of them were so invested in this as well. I mean, just how bad was Sam making it seem? Because we know Mercedes is fine. But Sam is the real one here that is having an issue with um, not being able to have sex mostly. I don't even think the long distance would be that much of an issue. But I was just surprised that all all of their friends were like, yeah, y'all need to consider this or reconsider this. Like, it's it's not going to work out. I was kind of miffed that Britney didn't get any lines here. Um, like, not, not even one single quip right. about uh, dating Sam. But knowing Britney, she might have forgotten that they dated, so. <laughs> yeah. I feel like she could have thrown in a line about, like, yeah, Santana and I wouldn't be able to go five minutes without having our lady sex. So, like, I don't know how you guys are going to have an entire relationship for years without any at all. Or that, like that, or some kind of, like, funny line about how, like, he or she is still married to him, according to, like, the Mayan. Uh, they, had, they, they never got a Mayan divorce, so you can at least wait for us to get <laughs> our Mayan divorce before you continue. <laughs> 
this right. relationship. Like Mercedes, if you marry Sam, that's actually really selfish because he's still my husband and uh, you didn't even ask for my permission. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't think that that's the right thing to do. Um, would have been nice, especially if Britney's here. Like, let's utilize her. Come on. Like, there must have been, you know, Britney and Santana scenes in this episode that since Santana was ended, you know, ended up not being in it. They just were like, oh, Britney, go jump in here. Go uh, just hang out with them. Go do this. Go do that. So whatever. Again, happy to still see her on screen. So I shouldn't complain too much, but I just wish that there could have been more. Um, I, I was going to ask you, like, what what do you think uh, advice like you would give if you had any friends in this situation of uh, two people that were in a couple like this exact setup of one wants to have sex. The other one is waiting till marriage. Like, do you have any specific advice that you would give them aside from what we hear on the show? And like they're about to go on tour and stuff like that and be separate. No, 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 no. Just just like and like them going into like being in a relationship where uh, one of them, you know, want the, the way that th- things were set up before we knew that they were going on tour. Um, I would just I mean, if I were Sam's friend, I'd be like, you just have to make you just have to decide whether or not this is something that you really want. If you love her, then you have to sacrifice having sex. And that's just that's the, just the end of the story. And if that's something mm-hmm. that you can't do then break up with her like just like don't don't do anything that you don't want to do because you are ha- like you are attracted to the idea of something or someone you know what i mean yeah. if you know in your heart that you can't wait then break things up with her you can still be friends maybe um and then do what you need to do if i were mercedes i'd be like okay look girl like you might have to find someone that holds the same values because not everybody has that with you so you know like you have to understand the amount of pressure that you're putting on someone else because they're not on the same level as you. So either you are fine with that risk or you'd rather just find someone that's just like you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think the, uh, I think the, the big, the bigger thing here is Sam, obviously who was, you know, talking to Artie and Blaine about how like, you know, he saw boobs all over the place today and he's like, I almost passed out. I didn't know what to do with myself. So it's clear that, Sam is a 19 year old boy who has all of these desires and, you know, needs a way to act on them in one way or another. And sure, you know, masturbation exists, but it just does seem like somebody could end up hurt here if they, you know, if he doesn't figure out, I guess, the the way to fit. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just I, I don't know exactly how this relationship can work if this topic means so much to one person and, you know, is, is so off limits to the other. I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I, I don't know anybody that's actually had this kind of relationship, never, you know, had anything like this myself. So I'm just uh, curious about how it would actually work out. Yeah. I mean, I just like for me, like I just need to find somebody that's like of the same mindset, you know what I mean? And that's, that's what I think makes a great relationship. And sometimes Things happen where you meet someone, you guys really, really care for one another, but things that there are a few core differences between the two of you and you can kind of make it work sometimes, but sometimes not. So like, I just yeah. think that like attracts like, and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. So Mary <laughs> Halloran is annoying as fuck. Okay. She's hanging out with Artie at, at a film academy, like. Taking donuts and putting it in her bra. Already trying to tell her everything that she knows about Rachel, but she's just not listening. The same thing with Blaine. Like, he's clearly in the middle of rehearsing for his thing with June Dalloway. But here comes Mary, like, typewriting under a table. Like, he's, like, wondering if they're going to get started. And she's just like, I'm going to have to change your name, Blaine. Do you prefer Slain or Fane? But the only person that seems to be completely enamored with Mary is Brittany. She loves the process. She thinks that she's just... The, the 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 greatest thing since sliced bread and of course she does because the both of them are the same the, they are both the same type of Ravenclaw let's just put it that way 
Um, <laughs> and she's going to tell Rachel as such when they are, when she, um, both Brittany and Kurt are uh, backstage in Rachel's dressing room for one of the Funny Girl performances, and they're talking about the show. Kurt thinks that she's absolutely insane. Uh, Brittany thinks that she's a genius, and she said that when they had a telepathic conversation, she told her that she would watch anything she ever wrote. But Kurt is like, look, you already are in deep shit with Sydney. He already said that he would sue you back to the Stone Ages if you uh, tried to breach your contract. And furthermore, is this show something that you really want to do? Like, I'm offering you changing your career. Like, this is something that really speaks to you, Rachel. But you just have to make sure that it's for you and not anyone else. Okay? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they're still on this, like, it still feels like they're like a tag team. Like they're still working through a lot of this stuff together. So I'll, I'll at least appreciate that, that, you know, the journey, the journey has always been with the two of them. So, you know, despite them fighting a lot, I'm glad that they're still leaning on each other to make these decisions. I mean, I don't have to, you know, say a million times about how I feel about Rachel's decision to be switching careers, but I'm glad that she's at least, it seems like she is letting Kurt kind of, his influence get into her, her head a little bit where this is actually like some good stuff that he's saying, you know, like trust your instincts. Uh, don't listen to Mary. Like Mary is insane. Exactly. Rachel's going to host a cold reading later on of Mary's script at the loft. The script is horrible. It sucks ass. It's, it's horrible. Oh, it's something. All right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a oh, scene yeah, yeah, with yeah. Rachel uh, complaining about her gay dad missing her birthday as she's eating an entire she-cake in a bubble bath with Kurt walking around in some dinosaur costume that he can't decide if he wants to take on or off. Then they're at some sort of like Rachel's impromptu coffee rave birthday party with Brittany as the DJ and uh, Blaine is high off of coffee. So is Sam and, Ra- uh, and Artie's just like, what the hell is going on? And it's just, it, it already has like a, a line that lasts six fucking pages the script is insane i take everything back from what i said about how this would have been a compelling show it's trash Mm -hmm. it's trash yeah and it makes it you know it ultimately just makes way too much sense that britney was so into the script like of course she was like watch these scenes britney might as well have wrote them if not you know been a heavy heavy influencer on mary while she was writing them she absolutely would live for everything every single thing that happened here uh scene 12 was was odd scene one whatever they they had uh, all these different labels um and yeah this is the uh the the informal read of the untitled mary halloran project which is of course not the title of the episode but it is uh, pretty similar to the title of the episode but this one is all mary's project this is all about uh her vision of the story of rachel and you know the, she obviously changed a bunch of things to make it something that she thought would be more interesting for TV that uh, Aman also thought would be more interesting for TV until you I see it come to it life. I think it could be interesting if they, if it was written differently. Yeah. Hashtag. This is dumb. Hashtag. 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 This is really weird. Hashtag. Hashtag. Get Rachel a new show. Hashtag. Hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag. The Blaine and Brittany scene was worthwhile, though. That was funny. <laughs> it's just so wrong that we slept together. Uber wrong. I mean, I'm gay and you're mostly lesbian, but here's what I'm thinking. Uh, I know what you're going to say. Okay, let's just say it at the same time on the count of three. One, two, three. Let's keep sleeping together and start an art gallery in the performance space downstairs. Yay! And then they make out. They put this in the promo for this episode, and everybody was like, what the fuck is going on? And then, of course... We should have known that it was going either going to be some sort of like dream sequence or something like this. So, mm-hmm. but they really did that to draw us back in because I'm sure a lot of people were like, "This show is going off the rails." Oh, let's put in a sex scene between Brittany and, and, and Blaine. That'll get the kids going. 
Uh, they really refuse to acknowledge Brittany as bisexual, don't they? I'm gay and you're mostly lesbian. I know. I know. It's just a running gag. There's a word for it. You just say queer. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, Mostly lesbian. I mean, it's a cheap joke, but it's also bisexual. People exist. Ryan Murphy. Yeah, they like don't. I, I don't even think that Brittany ever like really says that she's bi like explicitly. She's always she's like, a bicorn. She said, but she says maybe even a bicorn. Like, there's never like a moment where she's like, "I'm bi." It's always like, "Well, I mean, I like I like I like Sam, I like my sweet lady kisses, but I like Sam's lips." Like, I mean, she's. I mean, I think she's she's clearly queer. Whether or not she d- identifies as bisexual, I don't know because they don't let the character ever say anything explicitly. Which I mean, which I'm kind of fine with. Like, you don't have to tell us if you really don't want to, or if you don't even fucking know. You can just like who you like. So uh, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Whatever. Blaine is gonna be outside moping. He's feeding the pigeons. Kurt's gonna come up to him talking about how you know they're they're full of diseases. <laughs> He's gonna explain to Kurt again. Like, I'm really, 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 really sorry about what happened. Um. I just, I didn't want to hurt your feelings, yada, 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 yada. And I don't want to do the showcase anymore. Um, you are more important to me than anything. Look, Kurt says, what do you think it's like to fly for the first time? I mean, here you are, up in this nest, which is the only home you've ever known. And even though your DNA and millions of years of evolution are telling you that if you jump, you won't hit the ground like a stone, you can never really know. Relationships are like that. You give someone your heart to look after, and you tell yourself that you're safe. But you never know if today or tomorrow is going to be the day that they drop it like a stone. And he says, I get what happened, Blaine. The way that I was talking about the showcase, there's no way that I would have been okay with not being in it. I would have lied to me too. Blaine says, well, if you're not mad at me, then where are you going with all of the flying stuff? He says, oh no, bitch, I was mad. I was fucking pissed. But then I realized that trust is a choice. So I'm, you know, every day you're, we're going to roll out of bed and send each other into the world just trusting that we have each other's backs and we will slip up and we will be scared but i choose to trust to and to love you through everything and blaine is just floored once again getting something that he probably doesn't deserve he profusely thank, thanks um kurt and he says i mean what i said about the showcase either we fly together or not at all he says kurt says i'm very happy for you and i'm very excited to see that the world i'm very excited to see the world get to see you spread your wings but it's your turn to fly so let's just let's just keep going from here. Um, let's just go inside and fuck. Yeah, let's just go inside and fuck. Like that that's like the the glue that keeps them together is the sex, which is mm-hmm. so interesting. Mm-hmm. Seeing as how Kurt set it off as this huge prude, but now all he wants to do is fuck. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you. Uh, let's get inside. You're the luckiest guy in the world. Yes, you are. Say it again. Okay, I need to stop that. The- <laughs> this scene is so pandering to freaking Clane fans. Ugh. So unrealistic. This couple is on my nerves. I'm sorry to Jofo and the rest of the Clane fans out there. Ugh. Ugh. It's so frustrating, isn't it? Like, I mean, I don't know where you're at with this. I, I, you know, I'm rambling enough about it, but it's like they were just he was so annoyed at him. And you just expect me to believe with a birds flying speech that we're all everything is great again. We're back to normal. Like, I'm not doubting that Blaine cares about Kurt. and Like, I get it. I fully understand. I get it. I believe it. I know that Kurt still loves Blaine. But it's just, like, how much can you keep throwing at these two and expecting me to believe that they're just going to come back together like everything's A-OK? That's not... That's just... It's so... It's not. It's not. You know, I'm starting to... I mean, it doesn't really make much sense, and it's annoying, but, like, it's starting to ring true for me, at least for Kurt... 
that he would respond this way. I mean, we literally saw him respond in the last episode to Rachel about the whole thing with her not coming to see Peter Pan. And he was ultimately the one to forgive Blaine for cheating. I mean, it took a while, but he's ultimately the one that resumes, that, that says that it's okay for the relationship to resume. I think that maybe, I mean, if I want to play armchair psychologist, Kurt is someone that is not used to receiving a lot of love outside of his parents. And I think that he feels like he needs to hold on to the relationships that he does have, even to his detriment, because he's afraid that he might not ever have anybody else. I mean, he's already told Blaine on more than one occasion, just like that he is the alpha gay, that he is, you know, he's he's the catch of the relationship. So I feel like maybe there's a a self-sacrificial part of Kurt that he still needs to grow out of that represses his feelings of agitation and frustration that are well justified into just being forgivable um, because he doesn't want to lose what he has because it's he it's you know it's a it's a deficit mm-hmm. it's, it's becoming enough of a pattern now where i'm like okay I, I understand it especially considering what's about to happen in the beginning of season six i'm like okay sure fine this is all a big wind up wind up wind up and build up to something you know big and maybe it is honestly like no joke maybe it is the sex like maybe it is that these two yeah. you know when they ultimately come back together uh that's you know nowhere near unheard of that a couple that you know fights a lot but they're still like they still have needs and they still want to, you know, be with their partner and they still want to, you know, come back to bed every night and be with their partner and, and, you know, be intimate. So if that's what's keeping them so strong together, despite a lot of other hiccups, then that, you know, all the power to them. If that's really what's holding the glue together here, then, uh, you know, who am I to dispute it? Um, it's not like that is unrealistic. Like I said, that happens with many couples that that's like the main source of like, you know, what kind of keeps them together. Together, I don't know. I, I'm experienced. No, I'm, I mean, I think a lot of, I think a lot of couples. Um, well, I won't say a lot, but I think that there's a, there are many situations in which couples that aren't necessarily healthy for one another emotionally or mentally will bury all of those feelings in sexual mm-hmm. gratification. You know, it's like we'll, mm-hmm. we'll just yep. we'll fuck the pain away essentially, and that's not healthy because then when something happens, you're like the sex all of a sudden isn't worth it at one point in time, and you're like, okay, I spent all this time not actually addressing these issues because we just want to fuck like bunnies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm speaking from experience in the sense that I have two. Fr- I had two friends a couple years back that were like uh, two two of my good friends, and they well, they were dating, um, and they were together for years, and uh, it did seem like that was the only thing that was holding their relationship together because everything else was shit. So, um, I mean, that was not a uh, a gay couple; that was a straight couple, but same difference still uh, still applies. Mm-hmm. Jeez, oof, ugh. I pray that I'm never in that situation. Sounds kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. Rachel is going to invite Mary over to the spotlight dinner to talk about the script. Um, she just says that the script doesn't sound like her. Like, I think that you're a genius. I think this is great and everything. Meanwhile, Mary is, like, picking apart, picking all the frosting off of this donut. And she's like, you know, we have plain donuts here, right? She's like, no, I prefer the misery of this way to really earn it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Rachel's like, look, I, I, I just feel like it doesn't sound like me. It sounds like you. And that's fine. But I thought that what the network wanted was something that really explains how what I bring to the table. Um, and Mary is saying, like, look, that I know what TV viewers want. They want antiheroes. They want chubby girls that can't keep men. And they want men who kill people. Those characters, they have the one thing that you lack, Rachel. Irony. Rachel says that she, she's going to sing to her now. <laughs> she's like, look, I don't, I, I don't know how to write a script. But I do know how I want it to feel. And sometimes the best way of getting that across is by singing. Mary is not enthusiastic about this. Mary don't do this shit. Mary is not in the Glee universe. She's like, what the fuck, bitch? Like, no, no. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't Speaking stop for Rachel. the audience here. <laughs> that doesn't stop Rachel from going up and singing 
uh, Glitter in the Air by Pink. Um, but that seems to have a profound effect on Mary because at the end of the performance, she's going to explain that she's having this sort of foreign emotion. Um, and Rachel's like, well, what is it? She's like, I think it might have been happiness. Um, so she agrees that maybe you're right. Maybe there is a story um, that doesn't make people want to hate themselves. I'll revisit the script, um, but you need to leave now so that I can shame eat. So Rachel hugs <laughs> her and goes about her merry way. Her merry way? Exactly. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Rachel, apparently, well, apparently, uh, Leah, this was a performance uh, song that she was able to choose. Uh, they told, uh, I think, I, I was reading that uh, there was, I guess, a conversation between the uh, the producers and Leah saying, like, find a song that makes sense for what's happening here that you would like to sing. And she picked this one, a, uh, a pink song. So... Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was pretty fitting. I thought it worked. Um, you know, uh, a solid performance uh, for Rachel here. And yeah, uh, just very funny the way that Mary was like, "Oh God, no, you're not about to sing. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't care about this. No, no. Uh, I guess she's gonna do it anyway." And then she's just so enthralled. She's like, "Oh, it is fun. It is good. You are good. I like this." <laughs> like, okay. Kind of reminds me of like Sue whenever um they were like, "We're trying to get pregnant," and she's like. Oh God! Why? <laughs> right? <laughs> why would you do that? Really? Like you're gonna sing? Why would you? Why would you sing? I mean, I know so you used many to, but other you're... things that you could do in this diner, and you're gonna sing? Why? We could spend our time together in so many other ways rather than you singing to me. Why don't you just help me, like, pick off the pick the chocolate off this donut? Come on. It's fun. If Sue ever fi- finds out or if she ever found out that Will and Emma got pregnant because they sang Danny's song together to relax each other, uh, she would have enough material for the re- rest of their lives. She would never together. let that baby know peace. Never. Mm-hmm. No. No. She'd be like, do you want to no. know for the 100th time when you were conceived and how you were conceived? Well, mm-hmm. let me tell you. It starts off with a little story about your dad, Butchin, and his incessant <laughs> love for bird-like women, your mother, Emma. <laughs> And they decided to fuck uh, while singing Danny's song because they wanted to name you Danny. You see where we're going here? <laughs> oh, poor child. Do not ask her to babysit. And then she would go even harsher and go, oh, and do you know what your middle name is for? Uh, a chubby boy who was in the Glee Club who thought he could do a bunch of different things, but he was pretty me- mediocre at all of them. Um, he, what else would she say about Finn, even though she liked him at the end? I don't know what else. But <laughs> A plethora of things. Just, you know, take your pick. Take your pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so the script is going to get revisited. Uh, it looks like Rachel's song did the trick. I liked this performance, so I thought it was a nice little performance. It was something unexpected. And I guess the tone of it really is kind of explained by the fact that Leah was the one that chose it. So interesting. Very interesting. Meanwhile, Sam went back to the studio um, to start the shoot. And he is struggling right now. Um, he's like very awkward. Charlie's asking him to do all of these poses. They're just not landing. Like she just hates everything. Um, she's like, "What's what's wrong, Sam? Where's my sex buzz?" Sam says, "Oh, it's just your assistant. It's he's kind of looking at me weird." The assistant is going to ask him, "Is one of your nipples higher than the other?" I'm like, Profe- "Unprofessional, dude. Just be the lighting guy. Shut your mouth." But Charlie asks everyone to leave, and then she's going to start taking pictures of Sam alone in the studio on a Polaroid, getting closer to him with every snap, asking him all sorts of questions like, "So." You know, what are you feeling like? Can I get you a beer? Just all this, like, very sensuous stuff. Like, she's like, what's on your mind right now? And Sam was like, well, I mean, you're really, really hot for one. And she's like, well, there's that. He's like, but I really love my girlfriend. She's like, the one that doesn't have sex with you? And so she's clearly trying to elicit some sort of uh, 
uh, emotion from him. And this is all mm-hmm. going to culminate in a kiss. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and you see that you do. You certainly see the shift in Sam and how he's acting during the suit. Like she's trying to get a certain uh, I don't, yeah, emotion or a certain something out of him. And he's very guarded while there's a bunch of people in there. He's like, you know, a little self-conscious as the guy's staring at him. But then as it's, uh, you know, left alone. To, I mean, she knows what she's doing because it's left. Uh, they're left alone to just her and him. And he is very attracted to her. He can't stop staring at her. And he's in his underwear. And. And this, you know, could be a couple seconds away from a whole different kind of scene for a whole different kind of show. Uh, But I think we're kind of led to believe that that's where she would not mind it going, even though this is a person who is very much not 19 years old or uh, anywhere close to it. So this is probably super wrong. I don't know why I said probably. This is super wrong. Uh, But. Glee would not, you know, hesitate to go there before they have with Puck and Shelby. So wouldn't be surprised if they went there again with actually like telling us that more would have happened here. Um, But yeah, for now, all we see is a kiss that she goes in for and Sam does not really pull away from. He just kind of lets it happen. And that's something. Uh, Okay, Sam. Yikes, Sam. Yeah, it's a mega yikes. Um, He's going to come back to the apartment because uh, that's where the scene ends. We don't get to see anything else. He comes back to the apartment. Uh, Mercedes is waiting for him with a tray of cupcakes that they can binge eat and in celebration of him landing the shoot and in her uh, smashing her first mall tour performance. But she can clearly see that Sam is not, he's not in the mood. He sits her down and says, look, I'm so sorry. Mercedes is like, excuse me? And he explains that he cheated on her. She um, pulls away from him, clearly just hurt. Um, Sam explains that he was at the shoot, there were all these women all over him, the photographer was all over him, and she kissed me. And Mercedes says, okay, well then what else happened? And Sam says, uh, well, I started crying, and then she started taking pictures of me, and then I just got embarrassed, and so I left. Mercedes says, oh, Sam, you didn't cheat on me. He's like, well, yeah, I, I, I kissed her, but like it was, it wasn't mean like a like a real kiss. It was like in, like one of those reflex kisses, like when somebody goes in to kiss. And then Mercedes is the same thing to him. Uh, Mercedes realized, like, look, I can't do this to you anymore. Like this isn't fair to both of us. I'm about to be on tour. You're going to continue to have these these shoots, and I just feel like I we're putting ourselves through a lot that we don't need to do. And I love you so much, but like maybe we're holding on too tight. I mean, I'm looking at my life and I'm, I don't think I'm going to be ready to have sex until I'm like 30. And asking you to wait that long is like asking a cheetah not to run. Uh, but Sam is going to try and say like, I'm okay with it. It's hard, but I'm willing to make the sacrifice. You know, I mean, I just feel like that we have this feeling, I have this feeling that we're meant to be together. And Mercedes says, well, that, I mean, who's to say that we're not? And Sam asks her, do you think I'm going to cheat on you? She says, no, I think that you actually won't. And I think that you're going to resent me for it. And I think that we're just holding on way too tight. So maybe mm-hmm. we should just quit while we're ahead. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this does seem to be the direction that we're headed in, doesn't it? They, uh, they're they mm-hmm. making it pretty clear that they are off in different directions. We could not be more. It could not be more clear that these two care about each other. I mean, in terms of glee couples of all time, uh, like you're probably looking at top three in terms of like believability that there is something between these two. Britanna, these two, 
uh, Sam Sadie's and Rachel and Finn, I guess Rachel and Finn, you know, as, as frustrating as they were at times, there was no denying that that, that was something. Um, so sorry to clean, not even making my top three, but, uh, I mean it, uh, Sam Sadie's is just so like I've said so many times since we started this part of the season, so rootable, like you want to be in their corner. They just, they, they work so well together. They genuinely like Sam loves her and she really, really I was going to say really likes him as if that implies that she doesn't love him back. She does. Uh, they really just really care for each other. And it's so clear every time that they're on screen together. Um, and it's, it's nice that she, you know, was mature about this as well. Like this relationship is too mature. I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, I'm not used to this on, on Glee. Everybody's whining at each other all the time. And you two are out here like, like, Oh, you didn't Sam. It's fine. You didn't cheat on me. Like you got, you know, something like she kissed you. And I understand that. And you're telling me exactly what happened. Like, you know, he, she, she knows Sam well enough that if something actually happened and if he went further or if he kissed her back or if he let the kiss last longer than it should have, like he would be open about it and telling her he's already telling her this. So, you know, it, I, I feel like I trust Sam. Uh, there's no reason for her, I think, to not trust Sam. She's never had any reason not to. So um, he's being honest with her. He's not hiding this. And it's just, you know, breaking my heart even more that it seems like they're heading off into separate paths. But whatever. I mean, I still kind of feel like it's a little cheaty. I mean, you did. Like, no one's forcing you to kiss her back. Like, I don't really believe in a reflex kiss. Like, she definitely was getting closer and closer and closer and closer to you. Like, you had to know what was going to go on. I mean, sure. I'm glad that you were being honest with Mercedes about everything that went down. And I'm glad that nothing else happened. And the fact that she started crying clearly means that you were not um, enjoying what was going on. Uh... And honestly, Charlie needs to be fired for sexual uh, <laughs> harassment, to be honest. With a minor, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Well, he's 19, so. Oh, I'm at the, dumb. At, at, the very, at the very least, at the very youngest, he's 18, so not a minor. I'm, I, I, I'm dumb. <laughs> I mean, barely legal, though. Barely legal. I'm dumb. I had 21 in my head because I'm dumb. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, I mean, this, this definitely seems to be the, the best option for the both of them because here it is like staring him in the face like all that temptation and it was just really i mean she could see like the amount of like strife that he was being put through and you know one would argue that okay well then fucking get over it if you love her then don't do it but at the same time they're fucking 19 and they don't have to make those big decisions yet let them live their lives a little and if they want to come back together then come back together and mercedes kind of says this she's like if i ever change my mind i'll give you a call so mm-hmm. here we go yep it's uh, it's that that I'll take it, you know. As as much as I'm sad to see Sam Sadie's seemingly splitting, it's you know, it's a, it's a nice way to end a very mature uh, breakup, similar to Britanna in the breakup. All right, it is the night of the showcase, and June and Blaine are singing uh, one of my favorite numbers from Pippin, "No Time at All." Yes, it's a really cute performance. I love this song. They sound so good together. Have I talked about how I've done Pippin? Well, I obviously wasn't in it, but we did you've Pippin mentioned, in you've mentioned 11th a couple times. grade. A couple times. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. That I've done Pippin? Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. We've definitely had conversations in the past. Like, nothing like, extensive, but like you've you've talked about it before. Okay, maybe literally once. I was fully expecting you to be like, oh no, but okay. Maybe I'm just old and forgetting things. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good number. I was just going to comment that it's funny that this is uh, this is a fictional character named June when we just had June Squib on the previous episode. Just I thought that was kind of funny. But um, right. yeah, they sound great together. Um, and 
they're gonna gonna they're gonna get a bit of an encore performance. They want to see more of Blaine, uh, and he's gotta go right back on stage after they're done. And June is gonna tell Kurt, you know what? You're such a good friend to come and and, and rise above everything and be here to support him. Really, uh, but Kurt says a friend wouldn't stand any of this. I'm here because he is the love of my life, and nothing and no one is gonna come between us. Nothing gets between me and my Blaine. Blaine gets up on stage saying, thank you guys so very much. Before we end tonight, I would like to give a very special thank you to my benefactor, June Dalloway. That woman that taught me that talent is nothing unless you can back it up with passion. And so I'd like to use that passion to pick my last song. Because there is nothing I am more passionate about than my fiance. So, Kurt, would you like to come and do this last duet with me? And June face crack of... The century that she's been living. Um, and uh, before she can even really stop them, Blaine grabs Kurt. They go up on stage into American Boy. So uh, No Time At All, I think, is uh, okay. I think it's like of the songs of uh, Blaine or Kurt singing with these nice elderly women in the past three episodes. I think it's probably the best one to me. Um Maybe it's just the Pippin love in my heart uh, that brings it that there for me, but that's where I land. And then American Boy, I, I'm curious what you think about it. I, I think that I love the song so much because it's such a good song uh, and, you know, it doesn't get enough credit, I think, to this day uh, from when it first came out. But uh, the fact that Glee covered it, I thought was a little surprising at the time, but a welcome surprise. And this cover of it, I mean, I... I feel like if you asked me this question yesterday, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I actually really enjoy that performance. It's one of my really like favorite clean performances of all time. And then like rewatching it back, I was like, am I sure I feel that way? Like, I don't know. Kurt's just so awkward. So it kind of like it makes you a little like cringy while you're watching it. But I mean, he's confident. Both of them are confidently, you know, powering through that number, trying to show June Dalloway how wrong she was and the crowd's getting into it. Um, I, I think I'll think I'll stick to my original take that I think this is one of uh, one of the better clean duets over the years. I mean, it's Estelle and Kanye West. You're, I feel like they are sort of, they don't have the swagger for it. If that makes sense. Like, no, yeah, yeah, When yeah, Blaine that's, that's goes, sure. like, when, when Blaine says, tell him one guam blood, I'm like, ah, no. No, 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 no. Don't speak patois to me, Blaine. I don't need to hear you speaking any kind of patois. Please, no. Um, so, it's, um, I, I mean, I think that they sound good good as good as they can we know how i feel about blaine's or excuse me um kurt's voice um i think it's an interesting choice for these two in particular but in no way is it a bad performance i just think that it it's missing a bit of the zhuzh that it really needs to like to really sell the number um yeah but yeah yeah, uh, the the bar for Clayton performances already is like relatively low. So yeah. uh, when you when you consider that, I think this is uh, one that stands out. I I always think of the two of them singing "American Boy" at the end of season five for some reason. Take me on a trip, I'd like to go someday. Take me to New York, I'd like to see L.A. I really want to come kick it with you. American boy, American boy. That was such a bot back then. I love that song. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Did not get enough credit. Ugh. Before Kanye went off the fucking deep end. Poor guy. Poor guy. 
So the performance ends and Blaine is about to go profusely apologize to uh, June. But she's like, you know what? You know what? No, 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 no. You were wonderful. They loved you. And I'm about to take credit for all of this because it's been such a long time since anyone has proved me wrong. Uh, She calls Kurt over to join them. And she's like, look, don't ever let anyone, including me, make you doubt anything that you're sure of. You guys were great. You guys remind me of my third marriage. My husband was gay too. (laughs) So she's like, let's have a party. And uh, Blaine thanks her for everything and they continue the night. So I guess it takes, you know, sometimes it pays to take a risk. Yes. Thanks for stopping by June Holloway. We are so happy to have had you. Holloway? Dalloway. Dalloway. Oh, I said Holloway. (laughs) Like the guy from Survivor. That's what I did. Mike Holloway. Oof. Mm, yeah, that'll happen. Um, yeah, bye June. <laughs> bye June. Bye August. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yes, that's a, that's where I was going <laughs> before I could even open my mouth. Uh, she's gonna be the next Christmas. <laughs> um, they're back at the loft. They just got done <laughs> reading the revisited and revised script um, that Mary just got done putting together. Um, and Rachel loves it. I think the last line is, love is not a scarce resource. The more you give, the more you have to give. Um, she's like, you know what, guys? I really thought that Fanny Bryce was the role that I was born to play, but now that I, now after this, I know that it's this. This is what I want to do. This is, this is what speaks to me the most, and I'm just so happy that you guys are here with me to experience it. Brittany still says that the other one was better, um, but everyone is just, you know, they're really happy for Rachel and they feel like this one is actually going to, you know, make some waves. Artie's happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he cried because he's able to walk in it. Um, and it's just, it's, it, it feels really, really good. They're about to toast to two beautiful years in the most, the, the, the best city on earth. Um, but then Sam runs to the window, sees something, then runs out. They all follow him. And Sam has efficiently gotten his junk on the side of a bus. Well, not really. It's more his abs. His junk really isn't on the bus, but... You know, we got the picture. He got it. He did it. Mm-hmm. Everyone is super duper excited for him. Um, Mercedes is proud of him. And Artie's like, oh my goodness, this is the beginning of like such a great career for you. And Sam's like, actually, no, it's actually the end. I uh, kind of want to go out on top. I came out here to end up on the side of a bus, and I've done that. And now I feel like I want to <laughs> go home. Everything's just a little bit too fast for me here. My, my mind works better when I, you know, when things are a little slower paced and... Yeah, I just, I don't know if I really want to stick around. And besides, all of you are about to be going off too. And Blaine's like, yeah, it's another end of an era for us Glee kids because Mercedes and Brittany are about to go on tour together. I mean, Blaine and Kurt are still going to be around, already still going to be around. But Rachel makes the point that if she does get the TV show, it's going to be the first time that she's going to be apart from Kurt in five years. So people are sort of scattering. So Sam doesn't really want to stick around. But Rachel's like, you know what, guys, like, I don't want to lose you guys. Like, after the, the, the Finn and the Glee Club, I don't know how much more I can take. And Rachel says, or um, Mercedes says, you don't have to lose anything. Who says you have to lose anything? And they make a vow with one another. They're like, okay, well, you know what? Six months from now, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're all going to make the agreement to come back to this spot in front of the in front of the, uh, the loft, and we're just going to catch up and still keep our friendship going strong. So um, they all group hug, and Kurt says, oh, I would kill it to burst out in a song right now. And of course... Q Pompey. I was left to my own device. 
Um, you know, Sam's not kidding. That was uh, the start of this dream. Him seeing the bus and him wanting to be on the side of the bus with nothing but him in his underwear. So he did accomplish the dream. And uh, unlike other people who, uh, you know, are out here accomplishing their dreams, uh, he... Hmm, where was I going with that? Um, you know, maybe that's not the point I was going to make. I was going to say, you know, he accomplished his dream and it's not like he was, you know, trying to, I don't know. Forget I said that. Uh, point is he accomplished his dream. I think, I think what I'm trying to say is he finished his dream. Like his dream was solely to get on the bus and that was it. Rachel's dream was to get on Broadway and be on Broadway forever. So that's, you know, whatever. I'm just making a, another dig at Rachel and her deciding to change career paths over to TV and film when she landed her dream role of Fanny Bryce on Funny Girl in Funny Girl on Broadway. I just can't believe this girl off here just doing whatever she's doing, but whatever. So everybody's going in different directions. Yeah. Uh, sad to see it, but this isn't, this wasn't going to last forever here in New York for all of them. So yeah, Sam leaving uh, Blaine behind blam breaking up here as Kurt and Blaine are going to stick back. Sam's going to head back to Ohio. Let's hug it out. Let's sing some Pompeii. And yeah, I, uh, of course love a good closing episode number as we have like a whole band out here, backup dancers, uh, extras pouring into the streets. Like the amount of extras on set for this performance had to be in the thousands. Um, a lot of people out there. Yeah. Lots of people just, you know, being merry, pouring through the streets in an unrealistic fashion of New York City, but it's fine. It's glee. So we accept mm-hmm. it and we take it and we don't ask questions. But yeah, we see right. Sam see Sam and we see Sam see Brittany and Mercedes off on their tour. Um, Sam heads back to Ohio. We see him walking through McKinley's halls and notices that the the choir room is now a computer lab. Um, oh, that scene gets me. That gets me when Sam's looking through the thing and like when he's singing because they're they're singing all throughout this while this is all mm-hmm. going on. Like the song starts with like five minutes left in the episode and it's you know a two minute song or whatever and they like expand it all throughout all these scenes. Uh, but when Sam gets back to the school and he's peeking into the choir room, which we haven't seen in so long, and to see it empty and to see like. I don't know why that specific shot and that scene worked so well for me, but it really like got the emotion out of me. Like watching Sam look in there and like see what they all like that. This is where they came from. Like this is where this all started and was created. And now he's back at the school and there's nobody there. There's nobody left for him to be visiting. Uh, Shu, I, I, I don't even know if he is there at the moment or not. I mean, he was you know going out for vocal adrenaline. But point is, uh, it's it's not even. It doesn't look like it was anymore. So just like knowing all that while he's singing it to the door. I was like, oh, break my heart. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think just the, the, the song selection is just really great with the scene as well. So it just, it works. Yeah. But yeah, we see Artie still, of course, at film school. Uh, Sam, excuse me, Blaine moves back in with Kurt and Rachel. And then Rachel gets a call. It's from the network. They love the pilot and they love the script and they want to turn it into a pilot She's going to L.A. So uh, Blaine, Kurt, and Rachel are all cheering and cheering and cheering and cheering. Can't believe it. We go back outside during the performance, and Rachel sings the last bit of the song before stopping in the middle of the street, looking up into the sky, then looking to us. End of episode. Uh, Yeah, they, you know, if the rest of the episode was something else for me, but this final, like, song and all the stuff that happens here, I think this is all good. I mean... 
yeah, the, uh, you know, as much as I'm going to take an issue with the Rachel do, doing the TV show thing, you know, everybody's they're so excited for her when Kurt and Blaine are there and jumping up and down for her. Um, is it, did, So Blaine is moving in. Is that what's going on? Yeah, he moved back into the loft because he can't he can't okay, stay because the moving out because everybody's gone. Right. True. And Rachel's moving out. So that makes sense. Um, I was just confused at first. I, it looked like they were all packing up, but they were packing up Rachel's stuff, uh, I guess, in case she was leaving. No, I don't think they were packing up at all. I think because Rachel still hadn't heard back at that point yet. I think we saw the, the desk configuration get set up, the one that he was trying to make before he made when they got into a fight. Uh-huh. But I guess as a gesture, Kurt okay. was like, okay, I'll give you this this workspace. Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure out what was going on because we see like them both of them like moving stuff around. Like Kurt had stuff in his hands and he looked like he was like packing something up. So I was a little confused there. But uh, point being, I really like all this. And then Rachel outside. Yeah, but she's just alone in the street with her and a million extras. She looks up, kind of felt like she was looking up towards Finn and then looking back down towards the camera and like waving goodbye to uh, everybody watching. All right. Well, that is um, that's it. That's the uh, end of season five. Um, I remember thinking that I I, I was kind of like, I don't know. I was kind of displeased with the ending when watching it for the first time. I think um, I was just confused by a lot of things. I was like, why is she going to L.A.? Like, why are we doing this? She just got on Broadway. I was confused as to why Britney was even there. Britney felt like very underutilized and like everything just kind of felt out of whack to me. But, you know, watching the season like this. I guess I'm just a little bit more uh, agreeable with it, I guess. I don't know. It's still it's still a strange ending of a season for me. I don't think it's the strongest ending to a season by any means. It might be the weakest behind season six, but it's okay. It's fine. I mean, I do like the nod to Finn. I think that's really, really sweet. And a little breaking of the fourth wall there. But yeah, it definitely is giving you a lot of like, okay, well, let's move on to the end part of this show energy. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, let's go. That's what I'm saying. Like, it really felt like they were just ready to wrap up the show at this point. Like, even the actors, the crew, production, everybody was just like, all right, we know we only have one season left. Let's work on that. Let's let's make let's finish strong. We have 13 episodes. Let's make it something good. But we have to get out of this New York. We have to we have to move away and do something else because uh, I, I doubt the audience was loving it i i don't think they were at the time how many people tell you that they drop off uh at this part of season five a lot of people did so it just you know it they tried it it uh was good for us to be revisiting we were finding things in it that we did or didn't enjoy but if you wanted to keep fans on the hook for a final season of glee it could not be in new york it had to be back at ohio with the glee club of it all to uh to exist definitely all right well that's going to wrap up the recap portion of the episode. Let's move on to everybody's favorite part, favorite songs. Shaking My Head, Mercedes, All of Me, Blaine, Girls on Film, Sam, Glitter in the Air, Rachel, No Time at All, Blaine and June, American Boy, Blaine and Kurt, Pompeii, The Alumni. Hmm, do you know already? Yeah, mine's mine's gonna be Pompeii. Um, that's the one from this episode that I return to. It's uh, pretty on brand with my favorite typical end of episode songs, feel good stuff. So that's my answer. But I did like a lot of other stuff in here. Shaking my head was fun. All of me, I still like, even though I didn't love it. I thought it could have been better. Girls on film was fun. Uh, American Boy, I thought was was is like I said, one that I come back to, but. Uh, the one that I feel the most confident about that I will always have uh, to return to is Pompeii. I think that I'm going to go with No Time at All. Um, I really took a liking to this song when watching this. I feel like I would kind of like, you know, 
just skimmed over it the last time that I watched this episode, but I really, I really liked this song. Um, and yeah, I know, I, you know, I fucks with my musical theater stuff, so whenever that's in there, I'm always gonna to like it. But I agree with you. I think there were a lot of really strong choices here. Like Shaking My Head was a lot of fun. I loved uh, Glitter in the Air from Rachel. Um, I would have liked American Boy better, but you know, it's still a great performance. But yeah, I think we want to go with that. No time at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. I like, I love my Pippin. Slushy ratings. I am going to give this a 2.5 because I did not enjoy it as much as the last two episodes just because of the messiness of it a bit and the way that it was sort of hastily wrapped up the haphazard inclusion of Britney, which isn't really Britney's fault. I mean, it's production's fault for not, you know, having her. She sort of was like was floating around. There was no one there to ground her like, you know, her girlfriend, Santana. But um, I, you know, I, I, I still enjoyed the episode. I liked the Sam Sadie's content that we got. I think that was a really nice. I think that was kind of like the storyline that was handled with the most care. Whereas the Blaine and Kurt stuff, I mean, it's just more of the same. Um, Rachel's out here whoring herself out for television networks and Artie's just there. So I feel like it's, you know, it's okay. I think it's one of the weaker finales, um, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of fun still. But 2.5. Yeah, I remember uh, I just, I think recently I read a quote from Chris Colfer in an interview at the time where he was saying like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, this whole vibe has been different lately, but we feel like uh, everybody's characters, everybody's storylines are all being wrapped up quite nicely to end the season. Don't know that I agree. Uh, I, you know, the Britney sprinkled in there is uh, nice to see her, but still like, you know, give her something to do. Uh, Artie made his way to New York with everybody else. And he gets absolutely nothing besides an STD in the second half of the season. Like there's nothing handed to this like nothing given to him he doesn't do anything it's just literally he comes like also i uh listened to a another arty uh i'm sorry kevin McHale interview recently and he was talking about how he had requested time off to go film something for a movie and that's why why he was missing from opening night and i think the episode after that uh and then when he got back to start filming again he was told that he was going to have the std and that was going to be his big storyline for the later part of the seasons and he was like wow uh, that's what i get for taking episodes off so uh that is uh, a little tidbit there but yeah so no wrap up on him uh nothing you know and, and the rachel stuff is weird the kurt blaine stuff is whatever so um i was hovering around a 2.53 because I thought I might have liked this episode a little bit better than the last one but um, I think I'll just stick with the same so I gave the last episode a 3 I'll give this one a 3 as well Um, they really could have done more to wrap things up but some of the music I think is good so not you know a garbage episode and there aren't a a lot of things I have to fully complain about because things were bad I just think so many things could have been better so 3 well gold star and I honestly have no idea. I don't know who the star of this episode is. Um, mm-hmm. I have a, I had a couple of picks. I was thinking between. Um, you know, it's funny that I had one of these in my head. I had Blaine in my head a little bit. Um, he had three songs in this episode, and I thought they were all okay. I thought, like I said, all of me, no time at all, American Boy. I was not really against any of them. Um, his stuff with Kurt is all fanfare, but I still. I don't know. I feel like throwing him some love for this second part of the season. I wouldn't be against. I already gave him two gold stars this season. I don't know if he needs another one. Um, and then I had Sam in consideration. Anybody else that I should consider? I mean, maybe Mercedes. Um, Pat her pockets to to. She's not gonna have any room left. I mean, I, I'm not giving it to Rachel. Like, it's just no. Um, uh, I mean, Kurt. I, I, 
I guess Kurt's in there, but I don't really feel jazzed to give it to him. Like I don't. I need to feel jazzed to give it to you. I'm not just gonna throw it to you just because. All that jazzed. I mean, I kind of, I, I kind of want to throw it to Sam a bit, just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. My rationale for Blaine, if I do end up giving it to him, is that um, basically just you know he made a mistake with Kurt. That was stupid. Uh, Kurt forgave him, and then he decided to, you know, make that risky move of, uh, you know, June Dalloway, not Holloway, June Dalloway, you know, going against what she wanted, bringing Kurt up on stage and, you know, just showing how much he truly cared about him. And then, you know, they had a good performance there and it brought the house down. So there's something with there. uh, And I I feel like the Sam stuff is obvious as to where it would go to him for. And they're both, uh, both characters will be in season six. So I can't even pull anything like that out and be like, well, Sam's not in season six. So I'll give it to Blaine. I'll give it to Sam. You give it to Blaine. <laughs> hmm. Why don't you give it to Blaine? I give it to Sam. Mm, no, I'm not giving it to Blaine because he lied to Kurt <laughs> again. And then he fixed so, it. Only for him to lie again. Like he's always fixing it. Um, no, I'm not giving it to Blaine. Uh, I don't even know if I really want to give it to Sam either. Cause he, he did kiss her. Like he did. Uh, eh, he was honest. He let it happen. He's a 19-year-old boy you know who's in right. his underwear right, in front right, of a really right. hot girl. I'm going to give it to Sam. Plus, I don't think I've given Sam a gold star in a while. So, uh, Back in episode four was your last Sam gold star. Yeah, so there we go. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean I want to give it to Blaine just because you covered Sam. I feel like Sam was a good pick here. Um, Yeah, Blaine. Blaine's so annoying, isn't he? He's just the worst. No, he's not. There's people worse than him. I'll give it to Sam. I'll give it to Sam. Uh, sorry, Blaine. Not sorry, Blaine. Um, I just I've been I've been too low on the claim content so far this season to justifiably give it to Blaine. I think at this point, uh, the the Sam Sadie stuff is what has been really keeping me invested in this part of the season. And you know, uh, I, I it's it's Sam. So that was my long drawn out final gold star of the season to sam evans so yes all right a double sam star okay well thank you guys so much for listening you have been with us for five seasons and now we have 13 more episodes of glee to cover for season six cannot believe it um thank you guys so much for listening you can follow us at choir room pod you can also follow us individually i'm at amon adwin matt is at matt Lagori. Leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts. We'll read them aloud on the show. Anything else? Uh, not much. I'm excited, of course, to get to our Glee cap. Uh, that'll be the next episode in your feeds for season five and talk about all of this insanity that we just went through for the past 20 episodes. So looking forward to that. And then, of course, looking forward to getting to season six in due time. In just no time at all. In just no time at all. So thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Star ratings, reviews, anything that you uh, have got for us, send it our way. And we'll see you in season six. Bye. Season six. Let's get sick now.